0: welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Lauren Noel. I appreciate you being a listener to the show and for supporting what we're doing. I've been doing this show for gosh, almost 12, is it 12 years, 10 years now? Yeah. Started um, January, 2011. So whatever that is, (laughs) I'm not good with dates and timelines, but I'm uh, just so excited to still be doing this show. I know I've taken some time off here and there, but I always come back to you guys. And I'm really excited because I just hired a new virtual assistant and she's going to help me stay consistent with this, you guys. She's going to help me be organized with it. Sometimes I feel like a chicken with my head cut off because I'm taking care of patients and uh, taking care of the house and, you know, raising my toddler and running the clinic. And it's just, it gets to be crazy, but I love it so much. It's a labor of love. And this podcast is so high up on that list. And I'm not going to be stopping this anytime soon. So it's really good to be back. I'm uh, excited for this episode. We actually have one of our own um, doctors on the show. So I will uh, get to that in a little bit, but i um, just really grateful. And so thank you guys for listening. I will say, I don't ask often, but if you've been listening to this show and you love what you're hearing, I would absolutely love it if you guys could leave a review over on the iTunes um, review area. I think it's if you go on the podcast app, you should be able to find where you leave a review. And it would mean the world to me because the more reviews we get, the better the show is rated and it actually, it reaches more people. So if you believe in this message, you believe in this content, press pause, I'll wait go over, write a quick little review. And if you don't mind screenshotting it, if you send it to me over on, on Instagram, I will just show you so much love. And uh, so anyway, I appreciate it. I know some of you guys have listened since the very beginning. That's amazing. Um, So thank you. Thank you so much. Before we get into the show, I want to just share what something I'm really excited about. On my uh, clinic website, shinenaturalmedicine.com, we are now selling supplements on the website. Um, so let's say you're like, okay, I want to get a good multivitamin or I want to get a fish oil. You know, you don't know where to go. To be honest, a lot of times when you go to health food stores, the, I mean, for one, the shelves are very overwhelming. There's a lot to pick from. But when I go to places like that, I look in the on the labels and I just get so mad that Certain products are being sold and people don't know the difference, especially when I go to Costco. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people buy this fish oil. I can't believe they're buying these crappy vitamins that have binders and fillers and preservatives. And aside from that, they're not even absorbed. I mean, I always tell patients don't take tablets. You want to take either capsules or powders because they're absorbed better. So all these things matter. A lot of people just take stuff and then they don't absorb it and they just eliminate it. You know what I'm saying? And I know this because I have patients come in with a huge list or a huge bag of supplements And I run their deficiency testing and they have a lot of deficiencies. So it's not until they change the products that they're using, get really good quality stuff that's actually absorbable, that their labs change. Because it's not just what you eat, it's what you absorb. And that includes supplements. So anyways, that's my rant. But if you want to go to a place where you know they're really good quality, I am like so crazy about quality and ingredients and all of that. So everything that I have on my website, i vetted out. I am very very particular about ingredients. So anyway, that aside, you can go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. Again, we have multivitamins, we have um, fish oil, we have really amazing probiotics, magnesium, B vitamins, um, different things for hormone support. Um, I have one of my favorite supplements is called Chill Pill. I keep it with me all the time. If I'm just feeling a little anxious, if I just feel like maybe my my patience is a little thin. I'll take a couple of those, and I'm telling you, it will just smooth things out. And it's not like a Xanax or anything. I mean, it's it's nu- nutrients that help your body to relax. They help your body make more GABA, which is that calm neurotransmitter. And they just work. So anyway, if you guys didn't know that, head over to the, the website, ShineNaturalMedicine.com, and you can check out our online store. I'm very excited about that. Um, so before we jump in the show, I want to give some love to Paleo Valley, our show sponsor. So this episode is obviously about the kiddos, right? Um, So Paleo Valley has some really amazing options for kids. They have their hundred percent grass fed beef sticks, and they also have pasture raised Turkey sticks. So I love these and Zion, my two-year-old, almost three-year-old loves these. He loves them. They taste really, really good. They're good quality. And, um, they're nothing like a slim Jim the other day. I feel almost snotty saying this, but the other day I was at my um, son's, he goes to preschool at our church actually. And um, one of the kids there, it was one of the preacher's kids. <laughs> I looked at what he had in his lunch box and he had a Slim Jim, a Slim Jim, you guys. Have you ever looked at the ingredients of a Slim Jim? It's crazy. My jaw dropped. But anyway, I didn't say anything. I wasn't trying to be judgy, but I'm a naturopathic doctor and I noticed these things. So don't give your kids a Slim Jim. Give them a grass-fed beef stick, a pasture-raised turkey stick, um, so that it's like real food that your child's getting. Other than that, I love their organic super greens. It's a blend of twenty-three organic superfoods, and my son actually loves it. It tastes really, really good. It doesn't have like a weird stevia taste to it. And it has kale, broccoli, spirulina, spinach, kale sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, parsley, broccoli sprouts, turmeric, acerola, cherry, carrot, ginger, lemon, strawberry. I'm not going to read the rest because there's a lot, a lot more. But it's all food-based. It doesn't have any grasses in it, which I like. Some people are sensitive to wheatgrass. So it's just super clean and it tastes really good. So it's a way to get some veggies in your kiddos because let's be honest, they get a little picky. So if you would like to get those products and get the discount that I have for my um, listeners, you go to paleovalley.com, enter Dr. Low D-R-L-O, and you will get hooked up with 15% off your order. All right. Well, with that said, I'm excited for this episode, we have Dr. Kaylee on the show, and she is one of our doctors at Shine Natural Medicine, and she is a naturopathic pediatrician, that's her focus, so cool, I've actually wanted an ND who focuses on that for so long, and I'm so happy that she joined our team. So on this episode, we talk about really tangible ways to integrate healthy foods into your child's diet, we talk about the importance of whole picture presentation and pre birth health into considering considering when to discuss your child's health so it's really important to understand that there's a, a whole picture right like what happens leading up to getting pregnant, what happens during pregnancy and after it all affects your baby. It's not just like once they're in the world. Um, We talk about strong foundations for health. So the most important things to be thinking about when you are creating a healthy home for your kiddos. With all that said, let's jump into it. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I am excited for this topic because we don't really talk about children's health much, pediatric health. I love when we do this because as you guys probably know if you've been listening, I am a pretty new mom. I have a two and a half year old and I guess I'm not that new, but I still feel like I'm pretty new. I was never around kids growing up. I was the youngest. I was the youngest of all my cousins. So I just really wasn't around kids until I became a mom. And now I just love kids. I love babies. I love learning about now, you know, pediatric health, especially naturopathic pediatric health, it's so different than conventional health, so I'm excited to get into all of that. Um, but I'm sure a lot of you listening are parents. I want you to really feel armed with the tools. I want you to feel empowered with being your children's main primary health provider. you know we we like to really empower our patients to do that. So um we will get into it on the show. I have Dr. Kaylee below. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Room below. Okay, <laughs> making sure I always call you Dr. Kaylee. I never say your last name. So Dr. Kaylee, she is actually a part of Shine Natural Medicine. That's my practice. And she is wonderful. She's a naturopathic um, pediatrician. So naturopathic doctor with a specialty in women's health and pedi- pediatrics. And she also, prior to being an ND, she worked as a personal trainer um, with a specialty in functional fitness for 12 years. So she's had hundreds of clients working with their. Um, physical health, and so she then became an naturopathic doctor and works a lot on the internal health too. And just so many tools that she has with patients. I actually just recently brought my son to see her, and just been um, a breath of fresh air as an experience as a patient because you know he sees his conventional pediatrician. And it's just like a very different, <laughs> different process. So, anyway, enough with this intro. Thanks for being on the show. Welcome to Dr. Lowe's Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk all things naturopathic pediatri- pediatrics today.
0: Yay! I know, I'm excited. So why is this something you're into? Are you into, you know, kids' health? Or is this like a thing you got excited about while you were in school? Just curious.
1: Yeah, so it is something I kind of stumbled upon because I did grow up around kids and I always nannied and babysat. And so I definitely have had a lot of experience with kids and I've always loved kids, but I did. De- I Always thought I would go into women's health because I just have such a passion for women's health topics. And then in school, I actually had my first son, and he um, really kind of sparked that passion for me. And you know, I had to find this kind of medicine through my own journey. And then I've realized with him that i've been on this whole other health journey of realizing like how to raise a kid holistically and like how you can find the care that you need and i went through the whole experience of going to conventional pediatricians and you're very much pushed in one way sometimes and it can be challenging to stand up as an advocate for your kid as a parent especially when you don't come from this background or have that kind of education or information to be armed with when you kind of go in and stand up for what you want And so I realized how big that gap was in terms of finding holistic care and natural providers for pediatric care. Mm -hmm. And I really became passionate about filling that gap and just wanting kids to like have this fighting chance of really thriving in life and giving parents like, empowerment to know that they can take care of their kid and support their kid and their health and not have to rely so heavily on, you know, going to the doctor all the time or feeling like they're being coerced or forced into doing any certain types of treatments. And so, right.
0: that's kind of what
1: about. so I love
0: yeah. all of that. It's amazing how, even as myself as a naturopathic doctor, taking my son to a conventional doctor, I mean, it's intimidating you know, like talking about certain topics, like you know, talking about vaccines. I mean, it gets just so intimidating, and you feel like you're this bad patient if you're not doing what it is that they want you to do. But that's not how medicine should feel at all. You should feel like, especially if it's your child, that you are empowered as their main health provider, and that you're given tools and all of that stuff. So I, I just really, I know we're the same in that we want that kind of, um, I guess, image of a doctor being on a pedestal to really change, especially with working with kids.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a partnership, really. And, and yeah. I'm here to help you be an advocate for your child. I'm not here to coerce you or anything other than provide education and allow you to make the best decision for your family.
0: Yep. So. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the the naturopathic pediatric experience versus maybe conventional medicine. What does an appointment look like, like just a comparison of the two or the kind of the process of treating patients? How is it different?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, It's different in the sense that you will spend a lot more time with me. So in an initial appointment, we usually spend 60 to 75 minutes together and we do a very comprehensive deep dive all the way back, even to prenatal history. So Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in naturopathic medicine, we focus so much on individualized care we really dive in to get all aspects of a child's health history, including what they might've been exposed to in utero, what their birth was like, was there any kind of birth trauma? Um, And then, you know, what was their infancy like? Did they have any issues or any even minor things? And so I find that a lot of that gets totally skipped in the conventional model. Mm
0: -hmm. And we very
1: much focus on, you know, protocols. So they follow, you know, what are they supposed to be doing at you know six months and nine months and twelve months instead of really going all the way back and looking at the whole health history? So, it's much more comprehensive, and you know we will address factors like nutrition factors, exercise and just physical activity factors in your kid. We'll mm-hmm. focus on emotional well being. Um, look for stress, which stress can present very differently in children, and they can't always verbalize being stressed, but you know, we, we take a look at how it usually manifests in children. Um, Yeah. So that's the main difference is that we just dive so much deeper and we spend a lot of time really getting to know your child so that we can best support them as an individual themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and also with the different treatment tools as well, right? Like nutrition. I mean, how much of a conversation is that with conventional doctors?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's every single visit. It's like, you know, even with, when you're introducing foods to your kids, like what food do I introduce first? Is there a best way to do this? How should I do this? Nobody's talking about that yeah. unless you're like yeah. really diving into the internet and doing that research yourself, which can be so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so every single visit, we're talking about those things. And we're talking about like, are, is your child eating enough healthy fats? Is your child getting good, um like fermented foods to make sure that their gut is healthy? Mm-hmm. Is your child eating, much sugar? Do they have certain cravings that could be showing that you know contributing to symptoms? Is your child getting enough iron and protein? Is your child drinking enough water? So, yeah. we're talking about that yeah. every single time because we have to establish the foundations for health first.
0: I love how with naturopathic medicine, I freedom is so important to me in in many ways. I'm sure when you guys are listening, if you follow me on Instagram, I am a proponent for freedom in all ways. Um, especially with the way that I treat my patients, I need to feel free to be able to kind of, I guess, guide, sort of trust the art of treating a patient. Everyone is so different. But with conventional medicine, there's that standard of care. Can you talk about what that is? Because I don't think people necessarily realize that when they're seeing their doctor, there is a standard that that doctor has to follow.
1: Yeah. You mean kind of like around the restrictions in the conventional model? Yeah. It's,
0: you know, if the, if the kid comes in with X, Y, and Z symptom and it's like, it's this, okay, then it's this X, Y, and Z, then it's this, okay. Then they get this medication. You know, it's sort of just this cookie cutter or a flow chart. People kind of fall into a flow chart.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's not an individualized I, treatment, you know, like, like homeopathy, for example, one of the big tools you use is just being so individualized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in conventional medicine for both adults and children, the way that they are trained is very much like your child or your symptoms are going to fit into a box. And so they are literally trained to follow a flow chart. Mm-hmm. Does your, is your patient presenting with this? Yes. No. Okay. Then it determines the path. Next question. Is your patient presenting with this? Yes. No. Next path. And that path leads them down to what their treatment protocol is and that's very short-sighted because you're asking one question and you're basing your whole route of treatment on that one question. And so, you know, with naturopathic medicine, and it's only covered by insurance in a couple states, which can be a positive right. and a negative, but from a, from a negative standpoint, we don't really want to be covered by insurance because then we have to play by those insurance rules. And right, we got to be that- in that
0: box then. Yeah.
1: Limited to 15 minutes with you. We got to answer these questions and you got to fit into this box in order for us to do the treatment. So, with what we're able to do, we're able to really look wide lens and come up with a treatment that is completely individualized to your child's presentation in that moment. Mm-hmm. So even if you bring your son in for an ear infection, and I have someone come in with an ear infection right after, they might be two totally different treatment protocols because of their presentation and their whole symptom picture. Whereas in the conventional model, they might just both be prescribed the same antibiotic and sent on their way.
0: Mm-hmm. And right.
1: While they work to some extent, it might not be covering the whole picture or undercovering like what's causing the recurrent ear infections or what's going on with the child outside of that. So, um, there's a lot that gets missed when you're in that very like flowcharty style of medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. How, how much are you seeing kids being prescribed antibiotics nowadays? Is it still ridiculously common, like just way more than it needs to be
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I wish it wasn't Mm -hmm. because I think that, you know, the whole generation that was really over prescribed antibiotics was, you know, a little while ago, but we are still seeing a significant amount of antibiotics being given, especially in cases before they are determined if it's actually bacterial or not. And antibiotics are not effective against, you know, viral infections just like they are with bacterial infections and this is why we're seeing so many children have gut dysbiosis gut issues behavioral issues in response to that and we're having a lot of no no like no response to antibiotics because we've become so resistant to them as human beings because of overuse. so yeah. i do see children come in a lot and unfortunately i have several patients who at you know four or five six years old have already been on antibiotics more than five times in their lifetime.
0: You posted something on Instagram the other day that one round of antibiotics takes, I think you, was it was like 18 months. I remember what the stat was, but it takes a long time for your gut flora. I mean, there's, we're still figuring this thing out, right. With gut health and really what the damage looks like, but it's not a quick bouncing back. Like you just take a probiotics for two weeks and you're good to go.
1: No, I've, I've kind of posted a couple things because one round of antibiotics can wipe out your gut, you know, decrease your gut variety by like 30% minimum, which is significant. And then you recover from an antibiotic usage just from one round can take up to three years or something crazy to really Mm -hmm. repopulate the bacteria because the antibiotics come in and wipe out not only the bad bacteria, but also all your good bacteria.
0: Right. Right. And that's why herbal medicine can be so wonderful. So let's talk about some of the modalities that you can use as a naturopathic pediatrician. So what are some of the tools, you know, obviously we can prescribe medications depending on the state, um, depending on what it is for conditions that really need it. But oftentimes we don't jump to that. Usually it's the last, last choice. Right. So what, what, what kind of stuff do you use?
1: yeah definitely and i think that's a good point to make too we are trained in both conventional treatments and natural treatments so when it's absolutely indicated we are all for conventional medicine and there are situations where antibiotics are indicated and necessary to prevent you know further uh, issues from arising yeah but before we do that we always need to make sure that we're starting with the least invasive treatments first and so we can use things like First off, we can use modalities such as homeopathy or hydrotherapy, like using water treatments. um, What does that look like?
0: What are, okay. So yeah, I was curious, like examples of that.
1: you can do from home with older kids, you can do like contrast things. So if they do showers, you can have them finish their shower with like a spurt of cold. So it just stimulates their body's natural healing abilities. We can do wet sock treatments. So if they get a little sniffly or they have sinus congestion, um, we can do this treatment called wet socks treatment, where you actually freeze socks, you put it on their feet. And then by the morning time, their body's natural healing, like, um, heating mechanisms will heat up those socks and completely dry them. And what that does is it dilates your blood vessels in your feet and draws away that circulation from your head to decrease the congestion while stimulating your own body's natural immune response and nervous system. It's so it's course. like multi It's so cool. And it sounds crazy, but it, it's super effective.
0: Um, I love when we were in school, they were like, we're going to call it the warming sock treatment because yeah. people <laughs> will not do it if it's the cold sock treatment. <laughs> Semantics. Who wants to put
1: frozen socks on their feet? Not
0: right. me. <laughs> Sounds awful, especially when you're sick. You have like a fever. Oh my gosh! But it's amazing what it does, and kids love it. They ask for it because it really yeah. it helps. So so you get cold socks. You you get get them wet, wring them out, put them in the freezer. Right, they're nice and cold. Put them on, yeah. and then you put on a pair of dry wool socks. Right, is that how yeah, you? Okay.
1: Exactly. So you go right at bedtime, you would put it on and then let it do its magic overnight while your kid sleeps. And then then by the morning time they're dried and they have, you've stimulated their natural healing abilities all night long.
0: I haven't done that for Zion yet. I need to do that. Have you done that for your son?
1: I haven't, but we haven't had very many sicknesses. So I
0: want to try it next time. (laughs) Knock on wood. Cool. Um, So so hydrotherapy. So you mentioned Epsom salt baths as well.
1: Yeah. So we can support their detox pathways very naturally and gently by including certain foods that help to stimulate and support the liver. We can do it through detox baths, whether using Epsom salt or bentonite clay, um, certain essential oils. Um, we can help support lymphatic drainage in children to help clear infections and issues by doing, you know fun things like jumping around, jumping on a little trampoline, doing dry brushing, which again, the kids like to get involved in that. You get a little brush and you're just kind of brushing their body right before their bath. And kids like these things. They like to be involved. So it's really easy to get them to implement them while giving health benefits to do that. So
0: That's cool. I haven't thought of that. It's a nice little way to connect with your child. Just do some, some dry brushing. It tickles, you know, you can educate them about what that's doing. Do you have any favorite essential oils?
1: Oh man. I, um, I use doTERRA brand mostly. I know a lot of people out there use Young Living as well. And I know they have some great oils as well, but I use the, the blend breathe by doTERRA all the time when my son has any kind of like congestion or sniffleys going on mm-hmm. just to help mm-hmm. with, you know, I use it with a, um, a humidifier at nighttime and it just yeah. helps to open up the airway. And, and yeah, I just, use that you know.
0: recently for Zion too. It really helped with the congestion.
1: Yeah. So I love that. I always love peppermint for digestive stuff or headaches and I love lavender for calming. Um, so those are some of my favorites.
0: Love. Love, love. Um, so let's talk about nutrition, um, with like, let's say you have a patient coming in and well, first off, what, what are the main conditions that you would see, um, with your kiddos? And then we can talk about, you know, maybe specific ways that you could help address those issues.
1: Yeah. I will definitely say that one of the most common areas is gut issues. And along with that comes things like eczema. So I see a lot of that in children. I also see um, a pretty good amount of like weakened immune system. So kids that come in with chronic infections, um, a lot of allergies. So kids will have chronic allergies and kind of like the bags under the eyes Mm -hmm. and be really restless. Um, and then I see a lot of behavioral issues. So whether that's like ADHD, um, like transient or temporary tics that they develop motor tics or mm-hmm. facial tics, um, they go from being like a really sweet child to being like having tantrum outbursts and anger outbursts after something mm-hmm. that happened in their life. So those are probably the most common areas that I see. Um, and then, I mean, I see all kinds of things, but those are definitely the heavy hitters for sure. Right.
0: Right. So when you're doing a workup, explain how that would go. So let's say you have a a kid coming in who is having, you know, maybe the behavioral stuff you talked about, what would you look into?
1: Yeah. So when a kid comes in with behavioral issues or things, we're trying to kind of figure out what's underlying that. Like I said, we do a full workup. So we even go back to prenatal history. I mm-hmm. always, always need to assess for gut dysfunction in that because that can very commonly be associated with behavioral issues. Right. Um, big area is figuring out if they have like a past history of infections or if they mm-hmm. had like a major sickness that was a big infection. And um, pans, pandas is becoming a really big thing these days. What
0: is and that for people who don't know?
1: This is it's like um when they an infection triggers this neurological issue, and so mm-hmm. they the most common thing is this behavioral issue. And so they will go from being a, one way and then completely opposite. And it's usually triggered by one incident of like an infection. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do a, a history for that. And then just figuring out if there's like a family history of ADHD or other neurological you know, kind of signs and symptoms that can definitely be passed down. And so figuring out and determining what's most likely the cause and kind of going from there. There's definitely some baseline things we can do to support children overall, as far as neurological development goes with behavioral issues. And then one of my favorite modalities is using homeopathy to help with behavioral issues because it is just so effective and so incredibly safe for use in children. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those who don't know what homeopathy is, it is a type of medicine that uses the um, the premise of like cures like so a really easy one to explain is like if your kid is just super hyperactive and like always moving we can give coffee literally like coffee homeopathic remedy and if it's matched to the same symptoms that they're having it will actually calm them down and bring that hyperactivity back to a normal level Mm -hmm. so it's like cures like
0: it's so fascinating it's so hard to explain but when you get the right remedy it's like total miracle change
1: definitely yeah so So let's
0: um what would you say for um for the parents listening let's say they have a picky toddler asking for a friend no (laughs) what would be some um just some great nutrition tips or recommendations ways to bring in a a healthier diet for for kids what are some just things that you would tell your patients
1: yeah so As a mama, I totally understand kids like carbs. Carbs are easy. (laughs) Sometimes you're just throwing whatever snacks you can at your kids. So I get it. And it's about, you know, doing the best you can majority of the time and not trying to be perfect in every moment. But um, I like to always make sure that kids are getting a really good amount of healthy fats in their diet. That's definitely something you don't see happening as often nowadays. And when I say that, I mean, omega threes because in our modern world, we have a very high intake of omega-6s versus omega-3s, and omega-6s have more of a pro-inflammatory um, side effect than omega-3s do, and so we need those omega-3s to really balance that out, because with chronic triggering of our inflammation pathways, that can degrade neurological development, that can degrade... Um, right, right health development and that can definitely play a huge role in kids overall as they right. grow.
0: Like a kid who has a lot of inflammation of their brain, they're gonna have behavioral issues. Right. So getting those take- fats balanced can even help with their their mood.
1: Totally. Yeah. So um things like avocado, making sure that we're not consuming high inflammatory oils. So we don't want vegetable oil, we don't want canola oil, we don't want processed oils like that. We'd rather have avocado oil, coconut oil, um, olive oil. Um, Mm -hmm. fish is a really good source, but making sure that it's coming from the right places and, um, sardines are really good, but some people hear that and they go, Oh my God, gross. How am I going to get my kid to eat sardines? But I also have a lot of tricks up my sleeve with working with a lot of kids. And there are so many ways to hide these healthy foods in meals so that your kid Mm -hmm. will never even know they're eating it.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's all about the sauces I've I've discovered for Zion. He'll eat anything with the right sauce on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have any brands that you like for good sauces?
1: Oh, sauces. Um, pasta sauces. I am in love with Rouse, that mm-hmm. Rao's. That R A O S. Oh yeah, any so good. One and it's so flavorful. Um, Primal Kitchen makes a lot of things like. Oh, yeah that doesn't have any added sugar in it mustard salad dressing so you know hidden sugar included and added sugar in things is such a problem nowadays and research has shown that our brains literally become addicted to sugar so just imagine that starting at such a young age in your children anytime you're eating these sauces and you're having corn syrup exposed to it your kid's literally developing an addiction to the sugar Mm -hmm. so they're gonna want it you know all through life Yeah. So and try to find ways to avoid those added sugars in their diet the best mm-hmm. we can when they're then we're doing them a huge favor. Totally.
0: Well. How do you navigate, um, I guess, food sensitivities with kids? So, there's one side of things. Okay, let's figure out everything that the kid is sensitive to. Let's take that out of your diet and just avoid those foods. And then there's the other standpoint. Okay, well, I want my kid to be able to eat everything and not be so limited. Where's that balance? How do you figure that out?
1: Yeah, this is another area that I see a lot. Mm -hmm. And this goes hand in hand with the whole gut dysbiosis because. We have an increasing amount of people who are sensitive to foods because we have leaky gut going on, and then we are reacting more to foods. But what is important to understand for parents is that there's a big difference between a true food allergy, a food intolerance, and then a food sensitivity. So when we are trying to determine what the underlying cause is when it comes to those, a true food allergy is something that causes an anaphylactic reaction. That's an immune response and they can cause the difficulty breathing. The airways close down. It's a very bad re- response. We don't want that. So those mm-hmm. foods have to be completely eliminated. If a child has a true food allergy, we are eliminating those foods from the diet. We're not reintroducing those. Like we're done with that food to prevent the reactions. A food intolerance can be something like a lactose um, intolerance because your body does not make enough of the enzyme necessary to break down lactose in order yeah. to process. It. So this is a tricky one because for the most part, again, you have to inv- avoid this food, but there are instances where you can take like a lactase enzyme pill, if you are going to eat dairy to help your body process that. So you're basically just replacing what your body doesn't have in order to process that food. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, again, I counsel parents on it's ideal to avoid those, but those we can give something to help digestion with that. And then a food sensitivity means that your body, it is triggering an immune response because it's triggering inflammation. Your body's essentially in taking these food particles recognizing it as like an you know a trigger essentially of inflammation and then kind of attacking it and so what we have to do with that is we have to figure out what tr- foods are triggering it currently we do have to do an elimination diet and remove that food just for a short time while we're working on healing so if mm-hmm. the gut mucosa is really inflamed and we start getting like the gap junctions in between the mucosal cells we have to heal that and bring that back to a place of normalcy and homeostasis. Then we can work on reintroducing those foods and your child should be able to tolerate them and continue having them throughout the rest of their life.
0: How do you heal leaky gut for a child, for like a toddler? It's a little bit trickier, right? Cause we, it's easier to have our patients who are say grown women to take certain supplements. Well, most of them, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but for kids it's different.
1: Yeah, definitely. So Um, the first step is still to avoid the trigger. So whatever's causing the inflammation, we have to get rid of that. And then some of my main things that I do for kiddos is I do incorporate probiotics, um, via supplement for a short time, but I also really work on getting those fermented foods with good, uh, variety of probiotics in them. So a good thing with kids is instead of having them eat like the actual sauerkraut you can just take like a spoonful of sauerkraut brine just the liquid that it comes in and you can mix that into their food put it on top of you know whatever they're eating and it's really not going to alter it that much so that's an easy way to get it in um and that can like, kind of
0: train their taste buds a little bit right like if it's just a subtle taste but maybe you can add more and more and then you can eventually add in some of the actual fermented foods it's just training their their taste buds
1: it totally is yeah. and even with sense you can put like one or two drops of the brine in their mouth and get that benefit right. of the thing. So there's, so again, cool. there's so many tricks you can do. Um, and then, you know, we can do supplements. So I do have like my list of supplements that I use with kids that work generally pretty well. So if I do want to use them, I typically will have powders that I use with kids mm-hmm. that can be easily mixed into like a smoothie, or mixed into a tiny bit of um, my favorite are to use pomegranate juice or tart cherry juice because they're so high in antioxidants as well. And so again, we don't have to use a ton, just a very small amount. And so I'll use those powders to kind of help. But again, we come back to food. We focus on like glutamine rich foods to help heal that gut lining. We focus on the high fat foods so that we're giving those anti-inflammatory benefits, um, focus on getting good quality proteins um using organic foods so
0: any other things. little tricks to get veggies in my son he was um he would eat anything and everything i mean his first food i think was avocado he was really into egg yolks which he still likes those foods but um he was really into see which, which he still likes but i mean he would eat like sardines and did i give him anchovies i don't know but he like salmon roe and um he used to eat a bunch of different vegetables and it's gotten a little bit more picky. He had syrup for the first time, which I did not introduce him to. I mean, you can't have syrup and then think your, your kid's gonna have broccoli, you know? So that kind of changed everything. And then he had cheese and now he, he'll say, I need cheese. Like can actually say the statement, I need cheese. So it's gotten a little bit more tricky. So any tips on getting veggies in?
1: A really easy trick is get yourself like some kind of a chopper like a ninja chopper or something blitz up carrots broccoli celery onions really really finely and mix them into your sauces so if you're making pasta blitz up those veggies so they can't even tell throw them in your sauce like hide Love them it. in
0: you so said carrots so you broccoli can onions can what it, which uh, ones you, just, you
1: can, can throw Yeah, celery as well so good yeah so that's a really easy way and there's a couple accounts on instagram um can i share those yeah Uh, please so there's one called kids eat in color and she does a great job at just talking about put safe foods on your kid's plate. So foods that, you know, they're going to eat and then continually introduce the foods you want them to eat. So even if they're not touching it at first, we're introducing it to them along with their safe foods. So, you know, they're not going to go hungry, but you're getting that presentation of the food. And so over time, eventually they might start to on their own adventure and and try those foods. I love it. Um,
0: I'm checking them out right now.
1: Yeah. Love it. And then another one that I love and they they do a great job too especially for younger kids is Feeding Littles and they have a lot of tips and tricks too. So um as much as it comes down to the actual foods for kids it can often just come down to the fact that they're just kids. They are, you know, gonna eat really good sometimes, they're gonna not eat good sometimes. There's so many factors that play into it. So um, you know, and don't get you,
0: frustrated. You know, it's like, it's not the end of the world if they don't have bro- broccoli for a day. I know why I'm always saying broccoli, but <laughs> you yeah. just do the best you can. Um, I'll, I'll link in the show notes too. We did an episode with a wellness mama and she had some great tips on just how she, uh, you know, brings health into the the home, but her approach yeah. with, with nutrition is like, she'll just, she'll give, you know, each of her child dinner and they all sit down to eat and they can eat it or not. She's not going to make a whole different dinner for them. And if they don't eat that night, they're not going to die. Technically intermittent fasting could be good for you. Right. So, uh, yeah. but it just brings, it just, you don't have to stress about it. You, you create healthy options and then that's their choice if they want it or not. So, definitely, definitely. yeah, I love this. Um, any other, I guess ideas or, um, actually let's, let's run into the labs that you do. So what are, I guess what would be some common labs that maybe a conventional doctor would run for kids or do they run just routine labs and then what would it you know like for you what kind of labs would you run for your kids
1: yeah labs is a big topic and a lot of parents want to know that because especially with younger kids it's just hard to do lab like blood draws on them it's traumatizing um oftentimes they're not even that helpful and so in the conventional setting especially if they're just running a few markers and they're looking at it from the very wide range that is the conventional range we are looking at labs it can be so unhelpful so I will say that I do take a very reserved approach when it comes to labs with kids. I never just run like blanket labs on children unless it's going to give us helpful information or change our course of action with our treatment plan for kids. Um, But the, the great thing is, is that we have so many amazing lab companies like Vibrant that we can do several lab tests by just doing finger pricks and getting blood that way so we're not doing like a full blood draw so we can test food sensitivities that way we can test micronutrient deficiencies that way which is so helpful um i also do a lot of stool tests on children so that's a kit that actually gets sent to your home and you would collect their stool for either a single day or three days in a row And that can tell us what their bacteria in their gut looks like, what if there's any viruses or parasites, if there's any fungal or candida overgrowth, if they are missing any kind of like digestive enzymes, it can tell us about their immune function in their gut. So we can look at like secretory IgA. So that test gives me a lot of information that I use a lot. And then when it comes down to determining if there's like a lot of environmental exposures with your kids or if they have mold or anything like that, there's some other urine tests that we can do to look at environmental exposures and, um, you know, heavy metals, mold, all of that stuff as well, that we just collect urine for those.
0: That's great. So helpful. And you just get so much direction with that. Um, especially, you know, I, I mean, I talk on the show all the time. I love doing deficiency testing because you can just get so targeted in what, person needs what nutrients they need if they need supplements if they need to eat certain foods um i love that so you can just do a finger prick super cool yeah awesome well any um any other last thoughts anything you want to leave with us before we let you get on to your day mom life doctor life
1: i think the last thing i just want to say is just like continue to feel you know strong and being an advocate for your children and don't ever feel like you have to cave into what a doctor is telling you because there are doctors out there who want to help you and listen to you and be a partner in your child's health care, not just forcing you to do things. So, um, you know, stand up for that. Trust your mama and papa intuition, parental intuition, and just know that you know your child best. And, you know, it's up to you to make that decision for them. And no one should make you feel less than as a parent for something that you're doing or making a choice in regards to their medical decisions.
0: You, know. you should feel like you're respected, it should feel like a partnership you know, like you speak the same language. If you feel like you don't, it's, it's it's like a, you know, when it's a good date, you know, when you're not vibing with someone, right. It should feel like that with your doctor. I mean, I guess that's a weird analogy, but it should feel like it flows. You connect, they're hearing you when you have concerns, they hear what you're saying, you get options. And most importantly, you get options and multiple options. You get told, you know, potential side effects, things to consider. It should be explained thoroughly what options are for your kids and And all that kind of stuff so um and that's naturopathic medicine that's what dr kaylee does so if you guys are listening and you want to book something for your child definitely reach out to us at shine natural medicine we can get something scheduled with dr kaylee and you don't have to be local right
1: nope you can work anywhere in the united states
0: so cool so cool um all right well thank you so much for being my guest thanks for taking the time to educate us about naturopathic medicine for the kiddos appreciate all of that and uh, have a great rest of your day we'll talk soon I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.